Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with Keith Myers. Welcome into the show, Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. It's been a little while. We recorded early last week, and then it's kind of almost uh, at the end of this week. I, I traveled out of town a little bit, so that's why we delayed it. So it's been over a week since you and I have sat down. Not a lot has changed, though, in, in Seahawks land. There's been abundant rumors uh, about the wide receiver market, uh, and and that kind of continued since the last time we recorded. And it, you know, it's kind of died back a little bit. Um, yeah. As far as DK Metcalf being available for a trade, team says he's not available. DK doesn't want to go, but there's persistent rumors out there that if the price was right, Seattle might be willing to uh, trade DK Metcalf for at least. Uh, an early first round pick or or a couple two three picks um spread out maybe even over a couple of, of seasons uh do you make anything of that at all is it is it likely unlikely what do you think well i think the fact the team comes out and says we're not going to trade him um that might be doesn't, a clue doesn't want to say it. it doesn't really mean that much to me right now because they said they weren't going to trade russell wilson right. um and so i I think the more important question is, do you see them extending DK Metcalf in 2022? They kind of have to. You're not going to let him play um, out the last year of his deal and expect to franchise him next year. Um, they, they need to get this deal done. And I do th- see them getting it done. It might be that the trade rumors and stuff are, you know, you got to look at who leaked it and why, right? And the fact that it gets to the media um you know there there's an element of that you know trying to tell teams but they can also just tell teams um and so who is leaking it what is it and who does it benefit them um it doesn't benefit dk metcalf really all that much to have these rumors out there so i don't think it came from him um the only benefit for the seahawks that i see is well they're trying to drive up the price because if they get more people involved, more teams, the price goes up, bidding wars happen, and then they end up getting more, which tells me that he's probably on the market. Yeah, or this is a completely constructed media narrative, which is entirely possible this time of year. You get, mm-hmm. um, this, there's a teeny lull now after the combine and before the draft where teams are just kind of, and quite frankly, the, the, the wide receiver market did kind of go crazy there for a week. Um, when Devontae Adams uh, came off of his franchise tag, was traded to the to the Raiders, and then you had the Miami Dolphin trade uh, for Hill, and um, and that's how that speculation just well, if that happened, who's next? Well, DK Metcalf is the is the obvious choice. He's the last year on his rookie deal. Uh, Seattle traded away their all, all pro quarterback, and uh, there's nobody to throw to him, quote unquote, now, and so. Maybe it would be better for Seattle if they're going through a rebuild to go ahead and just go all in on that rebuild, accumulate young picks. True, kind of but, stuff. but the Pete Carroll says they're not 
they're not trying to go through a, a full rebuild. They want to build. They're they're trying to use the assets, both draft picks and cap space used by trading their quarterback to build the rest of the roster so that it's ready to compete and they're not so quarterback dependent. Um, I think they're, I think it's a, a terrible mistake that they are going this route, but they are going this route. And um, I see them continuing to try and compete. Okay. So, the, so back up just a hair, terrible mistake. Yeah. Can you expand on that thought just briefly? Do I need to the, you cannot win without a quarterback trying to become less quarterback dependent doesn't work in the NFL. It hasn't worked since like, you know, the early nineties. It is when's the last when's league. the last team that won a Super Bowl without a top ten quarterback? Uh Joe Flacco and the Ravens. How about the maybe, Eagle Eagles a few years ago when Wentz got them halfway, but then they limped into the playoffs and won? Yeah. Um that was also kind of just a weird a weird playoff scenario where yeah. um you know you had situations where uh safeties are in position to make a game winning interception and they fall down and it goes for a you know a touchdown and it's like okay that you know is like super fluky and there's just fluky after fluky I, I'm, to me that's not it was it was a weird year um but nonetheless your point is well taken that it would be rare for a team yeah. to rise up i mean we saw the you know san francisco and the rams have some success in with that formula to get to a certain level in the NFC as far as getting to the NFC championship game, falling short in Super Bowls. Um, that could very well be the formula that they're thinking until they can get a franchise quarterback. They're, they're going to get themselves in a position, maybe get to the NFC championship game with a lesser quarterback on a rookie deal, and then kind of make make a jump i don't know it's it's extremely difficult as you know to get a franchise quarterback when you have a winning record mm -hmm. i mean you literally have to like the rams did they traded away you know future first round draft picks and all that kind of stuff and then they pretty much sell out their cap in order to build a win now team and then you know that's that's possible too i mean there's a few different formulas to get there but i'm just curious as to why you're really kind of positive that this is just a bad move overall it seems like it it's equally weighted right now where it could be a good thing if they build the team correctly now so i just don't think that you have a franchise quarterback and no. finding one finding one is um is relatively impossible um unless you're picking in the top three of the draft and even then you know it's 50 50 most of the top you know three picks in the draft end up flaming out um Blake yeah. Bortles, Jared right. Goff. I mean, there's a lot of them. And so it's really hard to get a quarterback. When you have one, why would you give it up and go back to that level of like nonsense? Look at the um, the Indianapolis Colts. They've got a fantastic roster and a tremendous coach. And they've been basically going through old quarterbacks um, since that Andrew can, Luck left, right? So, yeah, I mean, they've they've been doing that. They it doesn't work because they're they're they just don't have enough to carry them as far from the quarterback position, which is the most important position. Um, and all of these years of this great roster are being wasted 
by their inability to. And to so you get think we're, we're we could be the Indianapolis Colts of the West here if yes. we're not careful? Yeah, absolutely. And that this that's the road that that this team is on un, unless they get super lucky with another Russell Wilson because this was a team that um, thought Tavares Jackson and um, Flynn. I remember Michael Flynn was what I remember his first name were good enough. And then they got lucky with the third round pick in Russell Wilson. Um, they weren't going to win a lot with Tavares Jackson or Flynn. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Um, they won in part because they had Wilson. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, yeah. Well, and we knew that. I mean, we knew that their floor with Russell Wilson was nine wins, you know. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, just curious about that conversation. So what are we doing today, Keith? It's, it, I mean, we're, we're going to have some fun. We're, we're leading up to the draft now. We're literally three weeks away um, from the draft. And uh, we have a lot of players still to talk about, a lot of team needs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I was... Uh, thinking that for today, what we'd look at is um, some of these early draft picks that the CX have now that they um, maybe didn't have or they had less of, um, you know, before the Wilson trade. And we can kind of look at some what players are going to be available, or we believe, in that area that makes sense for a Seahawk um, roster. Yeah. This is the fun part. I mean, I know that it cost us a franchise quarterback to get this extra draft capital in the next couple of years. But now that we have it and, and it is what it is here, we are sitting at, at, uh, in the first round pick number nine overall in this draft. Let's just talk be before we talk about players, let's talk about strategy. There's the strategy of staying at nine, picking the best player available. There's probably, you know, if you're looking at position of need and matching that up with best player available, there's probably three or four positions that the Seahawks could go and look at maybe we can talk about those players what about staying versus dropping back a little bit even though we've got eight picks now uh when posed with that question at the press conference um john schneider was a little coy and with a white grin on his face and said well i've got eight picks for now yeah i mean that and that's 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 john schneider he knows that dropping back from nine to twelve typically doesn't mean you get a lesser player. You just don't get your choice of good players. Um, and so if you kind of know what the people around you are going to do, you can make those decisions because you know the guy that you want 
will be there. Or if there's two people that you like and it really doesn't matter to you which one you get because you feel they're they're really equal, then you move back and know that one of them will be available for you. And so that's it, moving back gives you another pick down the road. So it's the, another player or more capital to move. If you have to move back up again, let's say in the um, third round, it helps to have that, you know, late third or early fourth to do that with. Does the, does having pick 40 and 41 at all impact your strategy at nine? I don't n know if it does. It might, because it's the fact that you have two picks right there means that you could move back off one of those from let's say 41 move back to you know 46 48 somewhere in that range um and and get a another pick it'll be slightly lower than you know if you move back from 9 to 12 like but a fourth, it, fourth round pick or something yeah um but it you can still move back get the pick that you you you're wanting um and and do that it it gives you the ammunition if you want to move up because if you want to go like let's say from 9 to 7 because a certain player is, is falling you you have that extra yes. pick to, to throw in there um you know throw a one and a two to move up um but it's john snyder i just don't see it happening yeah because nine is super valuable um mm -hmm. and we just haven't seen that um for 10 11 years with this team uh we've been picking in the late 20s for you know consistently for a long time now we're sitting at nine nine is pretty valuable if we drop back to 15 that's literally worth a second round pick in 2022, possibly a first round pick in 2023, you know, and they may be looking at the future too. They may accept going from nine to 15 or, or whatever to get a future first round pick in 2023 to help them with that quarterback equation that we talked about. Yeah. Because if you can, if you can get another first round pick next year, um, next year's draft class has some really nice quarterbacks in it much better than anything you're going to find in this draft class and having that extra pick a year from now is what you might need in order to have the ammunition to move up where you need to get one of them okay so let's talk about let's talk about players that that may be available that are kind of on the seahawks radar anywhere from picks say you know seven to 15 or so in that range um looking at guys just in case a couple of guys with talent um that the seahawks like drop uh to them at nine maybe maybe because one, a quarterback or even two unexpectedly goes off the board early and you've got a couple position group type players that that kind of drop so who who is really your kind of dream choice for the seahawks in this draft at nine um Ikem Ikem Ekwanu, uh offensive tackle out of NC State. Uh he's probably not gonna be there. Um he's a guy that's likely not gonna get past the New York Giants at five or seven. But if they go in a weird route and take a guy like Charles Cross mm -hmm. um at that spot, he could fall to Seattle at nine. And that would be a you know that would be really, really tempting to not a lot of back and get that. a lot of people have speculated that Iquanu would move inside at the NFL level. Have you heard that, or do you see that for him? Um, I've heard some of that. People are talking about that because of his. Um, it's more has to do with his technique and his wanting to drive people forward rather than um, laterally. But I think it's just an a 
it's just a technique issue that that it's basically it's what he's been coached and because of the offense that he was in and i think that in the pros you get him other coaching you get the expectations and the scheme set up right um i think he'll be fine at tackle so what do you think about um something that i didn't really even consider until just the last month or so after the combine was the idea of Kayvon thibodeau being available at pick nine if he were to fall um there's a lot of speculation and rumors right now of course the mock drafts really don't mean anything it's the nfl insiders the executives that are going to decide where thibodeau comes off the board uh i would think that he's going to be on their radar for that reason though in case he does fall he seems like he'd be a great outstanding three four uh outside linebacker slash pass rusher in seattle's new defense talk to me a little bit about the idea that maybe he would fall and then seattle would stay at that pick and and take him the idea that he would fall i think is just kind of dumb um now i understand that that they're saying that he didn't interview well at the at the combine and that he seemed like he had too much of an ego but at the same time People question whether he was willing to work hard enough, even though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was in great shape and, you know, put up tremendous numbers, which means he would, he'd been working hard. So I don't get that. Um, and if you talk to the people around Oregon, they talk about like how much he worked and how, you know, what a great teammate he was. He, and seems, all like, he seems like a Pete Carroll type of player, a guy that's yeah. kind of, you know, it's got that little edge to him that's kind of, you can't kind of figure him out but pete says hey man we just want you to be yourself and yeah. you know come on our team and, and make a difference but athletically he's special um his production at the college level was like tremendous and not just stats wise just go watch his tape yeah. um he blows he, up plays he defends the run really well he's six he's, he's 254 64 but he's long and he kind of punches people he's got heavy hands that sort of player yeah, and he just is a guy that is unblockable at times. I mean, like completely unblockable. You put double teams on him, and he still won. Um, he's just, in my mind, he's a special player. I think uh, he was the consensus number one pick overall until halfway through the twenty twenty one season. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson kind of came up and and nipped that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after after the college football season kind of s- stopped, Aiden Hutchinson kind of had that lunch pail i'm going to outwork you kind of mentality so technically i think athletically hutchinson is not quite thibodeau's equal but he does have that lunch pail kind of mentality i think that's why he's gonna gone up to that number one spot and thibodeau for whatever it's worth i don't even know you know it's hard to to know exactly what's happened in those interviews but something happened there he declined to do some uh some skill drills at the combine i think it rubbed people the wrong way of course you know there are certain pundits that kind of grab onto that kind of stuff and it just kind of gets carried away over time the question becomes when it comes down to brass tacks and the team interviews him which i assume that they will have him part of their 30 um players that they look at closely um it it really depends on on the seahawks relationship with thibodeau well and the other part of that is um there is some degree of uh, guys that don't want to play for the Jets or Houston Texans, um, not bothering to do things to impress those teams um, because they don't. It's worth a couple extra 
you know, million dollars over four years if you end up with the Jets. But if you don't and you drop to a team like Seattle, it may be worth $15 million down the road because you were on a team where you were allowed to be super productive and then you signed that massive second deal. Um, and that is possibly part of this. I don't know if it is, um, but it could be. So I wanted to talk to you, um, and we're still on this number nine overall spot. Maybe we can drop mm-hmm. back. We can talk about a few other players. There's a couple players, though, in the top consensus, top 10, I think, um, that have been there consistently throughout this entire big board process that we've looked at is Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU, and then Amand Gardner, Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about those players. If you think Seattle's in the market for a corner that early, um, and what that might do to their board or their their picks later on at forty forty one, how they address the the different positions if they go corner first. Well, they 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 are clearly looking because they brought um, Gardner in for an individual workout. That we one of their thirty, right? So and, and the Seahawks uh, guys uh, Scott and uh, Desai were at the LSU pro day working out. Yeah, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. So, I mean, clearly this is a team that's looking at corner, um, trying to figure out which one of those guys is going to be the better one at the next level. It's probably one of those situations where, um, though that position is obviously um, one of need. And so if they can go get their guy and, and fix that part of the defense, that's great. And then you have to look at offensive tackle and stuff um, at 40 it's a little harder to find impact players at pass rusher and defensive tackle um, in the forties than it is to find impact players at cornerback. But at the same time, the truly special cornerbacks, you know, other than, than the rare, um, you know, Richard Sherman type one where they, they were drafted low. A lot of them are drafted in the top 10. So you know, it's it's a it's one of those situations where you gotta do your homework and and make your decision. I think it's probably do you have a, pre- do you have a preference on those two? Um, probably Stingley Jr. Um, Interesting. I think, he, I think he is a better fit on the outside. Um, well, he doesn't have quite the length that Amon Gardner has. You know, Stingley's got thirty-one and a half inch arms. He's Six is he six foot, but only one eighty eight. So and mm-hmm. thirty one and a half inch arms, but he's as athletic as they come. He's sticky, yeah. sticky, sticky. Agility wise, he just ran a, a four three nine at his pro day. Exactly. Um, coming off that um, Liz Frank injury that he had um, in in twenty twenty one, but but his twenty nineteen tape when you know he wasn't impacted by the. Um, the coronavirus, he had that as well in 2020. He's just kind of had a couple of years here where it's been tough, but his 2019 tape, he was going to be a consensus top five pick in the NFL draft mm-hmm. during his freshman season because th- that's how good he was. Yeah, he he was just an outstanding player. Um, and, and I, there is the concerns with him are, you know, durability a little bit, but I just think he's he's the better player. He's just a... As far as athletes goes, he's the more special one. Yes, um, we're we are nitpicking over yes, right. over uh, top ten pick talent. So every one of these players is good. I don't want to say that Gardner is not. I just 
like Stingley Jr. a little bit more. I was just thinking about the Amon Gardner fit in Seattle's new scheme where Gardner seems to be the, the better press man guy that's long, 6'3", 190 pounds, got 34-inch mm -hmm. arms, and is just as physical as you can be at a corner uh, position. And, um, you know, a, with room to add a little bit more weight, get up to 195, 198. I mean, that, that's going to be an impressive player. Um, all right. How about, is there anybody else that you would consider if Seattle drops back a little bit? Um, we talked about tackle. We talked in the past about um, Trevor Penning. Tyler Linderbaum's there at center. I know that's going to be a need, but I'm not sure Seattle goes that high for a center. Jordan Davis is another guy. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, all kind of names that this have um, been tied to the Seahawks. In let, that. Me throw, let me throw out one more. Um, if the DK Metcalf trade comes to be happen, right? If that, if that becomes a, a thing, uh, Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. Um, yeah. Not, How about Trey Burks in the same kind of mold? Um, like yeah. I mean, it's possible. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not as, uh, I'm not as mm -hmm. sold, um, as I am with, with London. Uh, Garrett Wilson might be the mm -hmm. guy um, to me as if as the second option at wide receiver first. Yeah, um, I really like Drake London myself. I think he's going to be a super productive NFL player, and the other guys are just a little bit more splashier. Mm -hmm. You know, they yeah. So, but I like Drake London. I think he would be an excellent fit, especially if DK was gone. He would be kind of plug and play on that situation. Um, and then Trevor Penning, you know, he's a guy. Oh, yeah. There's just, there's a mixed sort of messaging out there about Trevor Penning, Keith. And I'm wondering where you kind of fall with it because on the one hand, he went into the senior bowl and just kind of mauled everybody and kind of made a name for himself. He was on the radars, you know, prior to that. But that really kind of solidified his, uh, his game readiness, his um, kind of his mentality as far as, I'm going to punch you before you punch me and all that kind of stuff. seems like he would be a great fit for Seattle, but talk to me about, is he ready to go day one? Oh, I think he is ready to go day one. Um, his ability to go in at the senior, senior bowl and be the best offensive lineman there and to shut down some of these great pass rushers. Um, he's really the only offensive lineman that stood out at the senior bowl um, because the, the defense just had their way with, the offensive lineman because the defensive group was really solid. Yeah. Um, and he's like the one guy on offense in those drills that stood out. And yeah, I think even Zion Johnson ball. struggled a little bit in those drills yeah. at the center spot. I mean, he's kind of, he plays guard and center, but um, yeah. Yeah. I thought I agree with you. I thought Trevor Penning was outstanding. I would not complain at all if we stayed at nine and drafted Trevor Penning. I think that you could probably at least everyone thinks based on on the big boards that Seattle could drop back, you know, four or five spots and he'd still be there. I'm not so sure. I think teams will love Trevor Penning and he mm -hmm. fits a lot of different schemes. He can be a power guy for you. He's ready made to block a uh, run block for you. Um, but and that wide zone scheme that Seattle has, he's one of the most athletic tackles in this draft as well. It's weird because um around the time of and just after the senior bowl, you saw his name, you know, up there and you know the around the 10th pick in the draft 
um, on a lot of mocks and, you know, is creeping up in the, on the consensus big boards and that kind of stuff. Um, and since then you've seen him drop back down mm -hmm. into like, um, mm -hmm. 17 to 21, somewhere in that range. I find that weird because yeah. like what, what he's only done great things since yeah. the end of the season in terms yeah. of combine and, and the senior bowl, why would he be moving back down now? And I think it's just cause he's not a sexy name. He's not a, yeah. a guy that people are going to, you know, think about and love. The other guy that's dropping just like that is Jermaine Johnson. Um, the pass rusher out of uh, Florida state. Um, you know, he had that tremendous senior bowl. He streamed up the, uh, up the boards from the, you know, around pick 30 overall, got himself up into the early teens. And now he's kind of settling back down a little bit. Um, as Jordan, the Jordan Davis is the, um, Oh, what's the guy from, uh, Georgia? Um, not Nakobe Dean, but tri like Trevon Walker. A whole and, bunch of guys from Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just some, some guys, um, they're going to be in that range. I just don't know who Seattle's got like pegged. I, it nobody, seems to me they've got like three does. or four guys on their, on their list and they're probably going to trade back. I mean, if I had to put money on a trading back, I, I would do it, but you need trade partners partners. So we'll yeah. see. That was an interesting trade that uh, the saints made with the, um, with the Eagles the other day to kind of take their, a couple of their three picks in the first round um, to maybe position themselves to even move up further on draft day. Yeah. It's weird that that kind of trade would happen at this time instead of waiting till draft day mm -hmm. when, you know, it almost seems like there's a second move coming. Yeah. That basically they were talking with someone who's up higher and they would say, Hey, we would do this, but we would, but we need a, we need a better pick yeah. than what you've got. Yeah. And they go, okay, we'll do that. And so they went and got the better pick. Yeah. And now they're back talking. To so that now, you know, and you and I talked about uh, the Eagles possibly being a trade partner. They're sitting at 15 and 16 and then 19 or something like that. Now the um, New Orleans is there and we know mm -hmm. that they're looking at quarterback potentially. Um, they've got a few other needs as well. Could Seattle be a trade partner? Actually, I think they could be because if they're going to move up and take like a Malik Willis, which I could see them doing, um, that would be a great fit for them because they've got Jameis there for a year or two to, to you know, kind of hold down the fort while Willis continues to get ready. Um, and it's right in the state right range. So yes, you, know, right. They can, you can move up, um, you know, move you move down to 15, pick up a second round pick or an early third and a fourth. Um I mean, that's a, that's good value. And it, it puts the Seahawks right about where they want to be. Interesting. All right. Let's talk second round prospects, Keith. Yeah. So we have currently picked number 40, which we acquired from Denver. We also have 41 and we've got a, a third round too. If we get to that at, you know, 70 something. So, uh, what kind of players are Seattle looking at in say we draft a tackle in the in the first round or or among Gardner or the corner or whatever um now what are we going to try to accomplish in rounds uh two and three on on the second day of the draft well i think you're looking at uh you know whatever you do at in the first round you do the other thing um in the second so if you get your corner then you have to go uh offensive tackle and if you get your offensive tackle then you need a corner um unfortunately there's 
you know, there's some corners that are going to be available in that range that I don't necessarily like for Seattle in that scheme. Um, but like, you know, Roger McCreary out of mm, Auburn, I just, right. don't think he, I just don't think he has the length that Seattle's going to want with this new scheme. Although Kyler Gordon out of Washington might be there. And so that would be a, a good fit. Um, yeah. with, with the second pick there, because there's, there's there's two, and the idea of having two the same spot is that you can get the player that you're looking for, right, the one that you need, and then you can go do something else that just feels like extra, um, like Brees Hall out of Iowa State, the running back. Or yeah. if or you're a super duper athletic edge rusher or linebacker or whatever. Yeah, like um, Boy Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota. Um, the other thing that that you actually brought up during our mock that I'm I'm trying to talk myself into because I want you know I'm not I don't want to just hate the, the the pick if it happens but that would be Desmond Ritter the quarterback out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh I I have um heard some stuff, read some stuff about NFL teams apparently liking him and mm-hmm. that he is okay. They recognize that his ceiling isn't, you know, super isn't like all pro high. Um, then again, they said the same thing about Drew Brees when he came out, but that's a different story. Um, but that teams love his um, competitive nature, his ability to, to be a leader um, yeah. and, and just all those different things that his work ethic and, well, and, and when you take a look at the tape so. too, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, no, it, it's, it's not, he really does a good job. You can see him being a pro. It's yes, like you watch absolutely. the tape, you can see him go through the progressions properly. You can see mm-hmm. him make, he, you know, he may not have, you know, the arm of, uh, you know, the, the greatest arm in NFL history. No, 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 no. But he doesn't have the worst either. You know, he doesn't have Jared Goff's yeah. arm. He's got something in between. He's going to be able to make the throws if given the time and so forth. He's athletic mm-hmm. enough. He ran a four five one, I think, 40 at the Combine. Um, so he's going to be able to have a little bit of escapability. And I just think he's just kind of ready. He's, he's won at Cincinnati. He's a four year guy. He's, um, been through the adversity already. His teammates loved him there. And I just think that translate all of that translates into a pretty decent prospect at quarterback. He might not be the world beater, but I think, you know, when Pete Carroll talked about a point guard, he seems to be kind of that kind of a quarterback and maybe Seattle really is high on him. That wouldn't surprise there's, me if they take him. There's a reason why he will be available in the second round. Um, and that's because he has an okay arm in terms of uh, his ability to get the ball, you know, out and that kind of stuff. But his accuracy is not what you're looking for. He misses guys, especially on deep throws when he re- he just routinely leaves the ball short. And it worked a little bit at Cincinnati where his receivers came back to the ball and, and bailed him out in the pros. A lot of those are going to be picks. And yeah. he um, did throw into the crowded space and, yeah. and Pierce, I think it was a Pierce that was, was his guy. I can't remember mm-hmm. the, 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 the wide receiver there that kind of bailed him out quite a bit. Yep. You're right. Quite, absolutely. quite a bit. And so that that's why he's going to be available there. And that's what gives me pause. Um, I am trying to, like I said, I'm trying to talk myself into it. So I'm not like super disappointed when it happens. Um, but I kind of hope it doesn't to be honest. (laughs) So, all right. So 
Seahawks have had a, a couple of visits lined up with a couple of players. Rashid Walker was one of those. So if they didn't take a tackle in the um, in the first round, um, a, a Rashid Walker might be available in say the third round with that seventy some odd pick. Um, and and you know they like him enough at six six three thirteen, um, where he's got the quickness and and the feet that they he might be able to project um at left tackle at some point um, yeah i mean that's a that's an interesting um pick in there i was thinking more in the third round um uh, here's a guy that was at one point thought of as a first round pick and now is probably a guy the cx will be looking at in the third round and that's darian Kennard, um out of kentucky guy mm-hmm. i mean just has been dropping and dropping and dropping yeah. on on boards um and it's he's a guy that like okay i, I, I like didn't him. i, I didn't like, like him. him as a first round pick but as a third right. round pick i'm all over that like, yeah, i like that's, him that's because even if you started him out inside um you know say you wanted to move on from jackson or something i don't know but he could immediately i think come in and really solidify your run game on the inside for you while he's kind of learning the offense and stuff he's got one of those mean streak mentalities too like trevor penning he's kind of like mm-hmm. that you can't I, yeah. I think it's great i think damian pierce could be a guy that they're looking at you mentioned running back earlier with Brees hall he might be a guy that they're looking at i think he's higher on draft boards than than some big boards are postulating uh, about at this point i think uh nfl offices really like the way that damian pierce is a leader uh um among his peers um and he's definitely the kind of running style that seattle would covet that pete mm-hmm. carroll wants he wants his running back room to have an identity of being physical and damian pierce is all that well and i think also another guy to look at in the same range would be spiller out of texas a&m who um is a great fit for an outside zone running game but is also you know not a bad guy catching the ball out of the backfield but he's big and he's a power runner so I think that he would be a a good fit in Seattle if they can yeah. get him in this range. I had a question for you, and we haven't yeah. t- talked about this player very much at all, but I thought I'd throw this out there for you. Is Bernard Raymond? Like I've seen him at the back end of the first round. I've seen him at the beginning of the third round, and I just don't know enough about him. He's six six three zero three. Seems like he's the athletic kind of a guy that would fit into a wide zone scheme, maybe on the right side for Seattle. I don't know about a left tackle, but but. It's a guy that I'm just curious about as far as would he be on Seattle's radar? He's the type of guy that they want. Yeah, he is. Um, I think he'll be on their radar in the, as a third-round prospect. He's out of Central Michigan, for those of the people who are um, listening and, and don't recognize that name. I think he's, he's a little finesse. Um, and for what I believe Seattle's um, looking for, which is why you know we're talking about Penning and and Kennard as as guys they like, um, but you know um, this is a different uh, offensive coaching staff, and so saying we know what they are looking for is possibly not accurate, um, and so sure. uh, he's got to be on the on the radar. I just don't know how much they like him. Whether he is you know worthy of a, a late second round pick as a lot of big boards have him or if they view him as a third late third round pick um and then he won't be available i these are the things that that i don't know um it's not like um daniel F- 
Falafale? No. Yeah. Fala Lele. Um, fala big guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah. Um, a three hundred and eighty pound defensive tackle out yeah. of Minnesota um, that occasionally lined up as fullback and even scored a touchdown. Um, but he's a guy that uh, I teams or the a lot of big boards have him currently in you know the the high fifties. And I just, I don't see it. I still think his feet aren't strong enough, uh, quick enough. How about that? Um, to have it truly translate at the next level. I think he's going to just get, he's going to do this left in the dust by the best speed rushers in the game. I mean, he's going to swallow up those that aren't great, um, but the good ones are going to eat him. And I just don't see him as a guy that's that's going to be available in a range or Seattle would even consider him because he's not a guy that's going to move outside in this outside zone scheme and, and really push people wide. He's much more of a, you know, keep the guys in front of you and, and yeah, he in, seems in a like a phone, space. he seems like a, a phone booth kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of players. Uh, I'm going to start with David Ajabo um, because he's just been falling. Uh, he was a guy that, you know, when I first started looking at Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, he was a guy that was not quite up to that athleticism and, and just sheer ability to kind of get to the quarterback, but he was pretty decent as a pass rush kind of specialist, um, and possibly a three, four fit for a lot of teams, uh, in the same way that Thibodeau would be. And, um, but I've noticed him lately kind of dropping into the, you know, the 40 range and wondering yeah. if maybe he would be on Seattle's radar for he a player be. like that. And then maybe a couple of the, you know, the pair of, uh, Georgia, uh, linebackers, Quay Walker and, um, well, then there's Brian Asamoah too, but Channing Tyndall. I was just wondering what your take is on Seattle needing those type of players in this draft. Well, I think that, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Quay Walker um, is a good one, but um, I think that Seattle is in a position where they're not just looking at pass rushing outside linebackers in the in the Thibodeau mold. Um, they're also gonna need and slash want an inside linebacker because even though you've got um, Brooks who's gonna play in that spot, um, if they're moving to a three four, you need two of them, and so having that guy uh, available, you know, super athletic, that kind of thing. I could see them going and doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and we've, we've still got Cody Barton. Um, mm -hmm. The team seems high on Cody Barton and everyone else does, isn't so high on Cody Barton. So it's hard to know exactly if they're just, he's a placeholder or if they're really intending to replace him out of this draft. Well, he did come in and play well in the last two games of the season last year. A part of it, you know, as far as the people who aren't high on him, he struggled a bit as a rookie when he had to come in and play, but he was playing out of position um, and learning a new position as he went. And he's just had a hard time getting on the field. And if he was really that good, he would have played is kind of the idea. Um, team likes him. They liked what they saw last year. Um, he, he's great on special teams. He's going to stick around, but I just don't know. I don't know if he's a guy that you want to depend on as your starter. Maybe he, if, you know, someone gets hurt, he can, you know, do what he did last year, play a few games as, as a starter, be in a rotation, that kind of thing. 
Um, but do you want him in there for a hundred percent of the snaps every game? I just don't know. All right, let's wrap this up with one last question. Um, any position of need that would be surprising to you if we were to pick in the you know in the first uh, four picks in this draft? Safety. Even be, though the team is shifting to maybe two, more too high safety looks. Yeah. Um, because you've already got uh, a lot invested financially in your two starters. You've got um, Blair. You've got Amadi. You've got, um, you know, you've got a bunch of guys, Ryan Neal, uh, who can do both, you know, in terms of like Blair and, and Neal. I just, there's so many resources um to a position they, where you yeah. and you your starters are are set and the backup the main backup is really set i just have a hard time seeing them get more resources to a, that position because you can never get all your guys on the field at the same time yeah i can i totally get that and i could see them going slightly a different direction in the the idea of maybe like a cam taylor brett who would be kind of a hybrid kind of defensive back so he could play slot corner for you he could also play free safety uh so there's that scheme diversity there very physical a guy that comes up and, and likes to hit needs to work on a little bit of you know his run defense and so forth as far as tackling but um seattle's one of the best tackling coaching teams in the nfl so we'll see um yeah good show keith lots of players it'll be interesting how we narrow this thing down here in the next few weeks i honestly i can't remember where we're at on schedule wise but i know that um we're just talking about the draft <laughs> pretty much yeah, until it, unless, it happens. Unless something crazy happens in free agency or the trade market. Oh uh, yeah. It's draft right up till draft day. Yep. All right. Let's get out of here. Follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, and make sure you subscribe and let everyone know. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.